Hello, and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we ran in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. In this episode, we talk with Dan and Amy Lopata. Dan fancies himself as an ultra runner from back in the day when you could sign up for a race the morning of, where everyone else at the race knew your name, and uh, basically you had to run uphill both ways, and you were thankful. Darn it. Amy Lopata once fancied herself as that girl who didn't even like to drive that far, and now she's a Trails Rock board member who leads group runs and has run her own ultras. So, what are we talking about then? Well, Dan has chased the finish at Massanutten Mountain 100 in some form or another for 14 years. And this year, he finally got it. But it wasn't without a lot of introspection and a bunch of teamwork with an awesome crew member who just also happens to be named Amy. So... In this episode, Dan and Amy Lopata share adventures in the mountains of Virginia during Massanutten 2016. But just like Dan's MMT finish, it takes them a little while to get there. So along the way, we learn about, well, some of their other adventures and some of the other people that they've run into. Before we get to the Lopata's adventures, I'm going to tell you a tale of my own from way back when. Way back when I didn't need massages in order to consistently run 40 to 50 mile weeks. Back when I could roll out of bed, put on some shoes, and run for hours, only to do it again the next morning, with nary a thought of my aching arches, my constricting calves, or my screaming psoas. Is it still alliteration if psoas starts with a P? We'll, uh, we'll have to get a literary ruling on that one. Anyways... Back then, I didn't need Josh Stratton or the services that he provides as a licensed massage therapist. I didn't need to know that he has an office in Winton Place at Inside Sports PT. And I didn't need to know that he was giving listeners of this thing that's called a podcast or would be called a podcast in the future a $15 discount on a 60-minute massage if they simply said the word chipwitch during uh, the month of June while they booked a massage with him. Nope. All I needed to know was whether or not my Garmin had a satellite signal and if my shoes were tied. Then I'd just be out the door. But these days, I have to go to Josh regularly, and I'm happy to know that he is also a runner who understands the types of aches and pains that an old-timey runner has and understands the specific treatments I need to keep me upright and running regularly. He don't mind that my feet look like Abe Simpson got into a fight with a jar of super glue, because he knows that's what it's like to be a runner. I'm also really excited that he has a Facebook page. You know, Facebook, what the kids are using these days. And that's at facebook.com slash Josh Stratton LMT. And I can go there to get more information. So can you. So... Uh, in summary, though, I just want to say I really like that discount code. You see, Strat has a soft spot for the chip witch. So if you say the word chip witch and tell him, you know, you heard that on the podcast when you're booking with him during the month of June, 
you'll get $15 off an hour massage. That's an hour for 50 bones or clams or bit credits or whatever you call them these days. He'll take your cash or he'll take your swipe, however you want to pay him. Yep, these days things are different back then from when Dan and I were running or when Dan was running or when I, I'm not sure. I lost track of time here. Um, whoever is the old timey one. Um, anyways, uh, let's get into the trails, training, food, friends, and yes, even feelings of old school Massanutten mountain runners. We're good. Okay. <laughs> Hi. 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 Hello. Um, so, like I said, we'll cut right to the chase. We're here to talk about Massanutten Mountain 100, right? Yep. Everybody should do it. Everybody should do it. <laughs> Once. Because okay. Kevin, Kevin Sayers, the director, says you're not yes. a 100-mile yes. runner unless you've done MMT. No, 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 no. Oh, you're said, not, you're an not an You are not an ultra runner until you run Massanutten 100. He says a 50K, no. He mm-hmm. says JFK 50-miler, Ha! He says, some other 100-miler, hmm, you're not an ultra-runner until you finish Massanutten 100-miler. Okay, so it's finish, not just run it. It's finish it. Well, yeah. Okay, so who is Kevin Sayer, and how how does he get this? Kevin Sayers, this is actually very important for anybody who wants to be an ultra-runner. Kevin Sayers is one of the original website owners um, for... uh, Content for ultra runners and training and whatnot. It's uh, uh, Alt R Runs, I believe. I'll, I'll look it up and I'll give you the whole thing in a minute. But um, but yeah, Kevin Sayers' site um, has been around since the '90s, and he's been an ultra runner. He's no longer an ultra runner because he's uh, had hip surgery and things like that. But he's been on the scene forever. And really um, was one of the originals to talk about nutrition and talk about training and has been an RD for a number of races. And he is now the, the race director for Massanutten Mountain 100-mile foot race. And um, being the old curmudgeon that he is, he's, you know, he keeps the, the race really um, old school. You know, the, the start is similar to a goose adventure racing start um it's not two ladders but it's two sticks and a banner um pvc yeah pvc (laughs) pipe and a banner and um when you start um you can run under it if you want to i opted not to all three times that i attempted this race actually the first time i attempted this race anster davidson was the race director now he's just the webmaster um But um, I decided I was never going to run under that banner unless I was actually finishing the race. So I got to do that this year. But but Kevin's like one of those old curmudgeons. And, you know, people were like, how how are the course conditions? And he says, yeah, there's some rocks out there, (laughs) you know, and and everything's low key, Um, you know, old old time snarky. You know, he's like, you know, I don't mail drop bags. I don't mail anything. if there's good electronics left over, I keep them. If there's shirts that are wearable, I drive to Sturgis on my motorcycle every year, and I'll wear the clean shirt until it gets dirty, and I throw it out, and I grab the next shirt that I've got. <laughs> so he just, you know, 
keeps anything that's left over in a drop bag. Donate shoes. Donates a lot of stuff. But you know. So Amy, being, basically, get your drop bag or yeah. your stuff's gone. You, you're so, on. You're on your own. Yeah. So Amy, being old school, does he provide directions for crew to get around? Did, did uh, you we had know? we had GPS coordinates and actually some good um, good directions. And the volunteers that he has are amazing. And actually, okay. when we were there last year, I think seeing him. So he had just had hip surgery. I yes. think Could shortly before walk. MMT 2015, and he was literally with a cane, and he had his race director chair. But he is hell-bent on i'm gonna shake hands with whoever crosses that right. finish line and and in his other thing that i thought was great last year at the race pre-race dinner he's like you run you run to this finish you don't come walking in whatever so someone's coming around the grassy path that's coming down toward finish he is like like dan you know yelling yeah. you're wearing yeah. running shoes <laughs> yeah so, so he's i was great. gonna say i was down <clears throat> we were down there with hellgate for jamie hobbs mm-hmm. and and horton's a sounds very similar to him you know and uh dr horton is is chiding people along the course the whole way however it is a very sort of in a you know loving caring nurturing way do it yourself right like that's that's bob bob the guy that if anybody saw my the video i posted on facebook he was yelling at dan yeah you know to head out of the 97 mile aid station and, and, and i gotta say i i you know I believe that my chiding is in a loving, nurturing kind yeah. of way as well. I mean, I'm I'm of the same. I'd like to think that I learned from those guys. Yes, Horton yeah. and Sayers know each other. They, you know, they ran together back in the day. Just before I forget, it's www.altrunner.com. That's U L T R U N R dot com. Uh, or you can just Google Kevin Sayers Ultra, yeah. and it is the ultimate website for ultra running. I'll just edit that all out and put it right in the show notes. There you go. You know. <laughs> I mean, when when you Google it, one of the, you know, you, you get the site and then you get like subdivisions underneath in your Google results. The top three are ultra marathon, training for a hundred miler, and men's nipple chafing. Okay. So you know this is a solid, solid website. Yeah. That's the place yeah. to go. Yeah, there you go. Screw oh, the, yeah, screw and the last the one is crotch chafing. Hey. <laughs> you can edit that out. <laughs> we don't edit anything for content here. Um, okay, so is this sort of all of this? I got to imagine this kind of lore and this this legacy. Is that what really drove you to Massanutten? What drove me, literally what drove me to Massanutten was uh, John Prohera the very first time I went down. We got in his car and he drove me there. He's got a white, um, a white van. It said free candy on the side. Some, something like that. Actually, I think, I, I think we took my car that year. Um, no, but what drove me there was back in 2001, 2002, when I was getting into ultras and whatnot, I was poking around on, on the Dartmouth Ultra List serve and, and looking at the 100 milers out there after I had you know completed a 50 miler once and was actually a few 50 milers at that point and some 50Ks um, and, and looking for 100 to do. And at that time, there weren't as many hundreds as there are now. Um, had you you'd done Bull Run already, right? I had done Bull Run twice by the time I went so you'd down been to Massanutten. Down there, right. um, so I knew what Virginia Happy Trails Running Club was all about. Um, I knew what Finger Lakes Runner Running Club was all about. You know, I 
I'd, I'd run Monster Marathon. I'd done a whole bunch of other little things. Um, and uh, and looking at what was a reasonable drive and having talked to John, I decided I would, you know, bite off more than I could chew and, and take on the, at that point, besides Barkley, the hardest 100-miler on the East Coast is my first 100. Um, and, and part of it had to do with some of the race reports I was reading. Part of it had to do with the courses that I was finding I was enjoying and, and, um, and the things that I liked to do, which was basically get lost in the woods. But at that time in 2002, I, you know, I was more cocky than I am now, and it was, it, it was really more about conquering the beast. Um, and that's what happened. I went down there with a head full of steam and, and thought that I could do anything with my little Superman hat. I was going to say, a head full of steam <laughs> and, a, and a red knit red knit superman yep. hat yeah yeah and it was uh and it was um and and i was running really well back then i mean i'd even i'd even won a outright a 50 miler um in in the finger lakes forest not finger lakes 50 there used to be a race there called uh kiss keep it simple stupid and it was basically a fat ass and there were three 50 mile runners so i came in first and there were 300 mile runners and Monica Schultz from Canada, who was, um, uh, I don't think she was the race director. But anyhow, uh, uh, she was running a hundred mile, a hundred miler every weekend that year. Um, and that, w- and that was the only one that was. I thought it, you said there weren't many hundred milers. Yeah, there were about 24 or, there, there were 52. Yeah, I know how many weeks there are in a year um yeah her and her and um oh what's the old guy's name hans dieter weishauer were basically battling for who could run the most hundreds that year did you you just heard what he just said what's that guy's name oh hans dieter weishauer (laughs) hans dieter weishauer is a legend this man um is still you're like what was his name and then it just rolled off your tongue i mean there's certain people yeah i Anyhow, um, but Monica's 100-mile run at, at Keep It Simple Stupid, her 50-mile split was less than 30 seconds ahead of me. She passed me on my last lap. She was about 20 yards behind me for the entire 50 miles and passed me on the last lap to make her 50-mile split faster than my 50-mile win. But she ran the 100-miler, so I'm listed in Ultra Running Magazine for 1992 or 2002's Keep It Simple Stupid race in the Finger Lakes Forest as the winner of that race. He's the guy who got kicked on his way to the finish line. (laughs) She was running a different race than me. That was a fun race because it was also the anniversary of the Hashers for Rochester and the Hashers for Ithaca. And I was going down to this race just expecting to know nobody. And as I'm running around this course, I kept running into people like Tim Rutowski and 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 other people that I knew because they were just running around hashing that day. So it made the it made the three mile dizzy loop um, mm-hmm. quite enjoyable. Yeah, a hundred miles a three mile loop seems a lot more painful than fifty miles a three mile loop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't even. I can't even. I, yeah. I can't even. <laughs> I can't even. After having done. Um, six-hour race on a three-mile course and a 12-hour race on a one-mile course i i can't i i love all you guys that do mind the ducks i just you know i'll go there and laugh at you and that's about it 
That's that's what I did last year. It was fun though. It was more fun than I thought it would be. Yeah, I mean that becomes a spectator sport, and then I just yep. watch the attrition happen. <laughs> yeah, well, isn't it funny though? Back in like the eighteen in the late eighteen hundreds, that walking around in a circle was a spectator sport. Like, it was. That's strange to me. I Pedestrian guess that, races. Maybe that's where Mind the Ducks comes from. You know that kind of idea. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So, so, any, so anyhow, yeah, basically it, it was a lot of reading and a lot of, um, a lot of exploring different options and just the idea of getting out of town. Um, there were, there's a couple other things that were happening in my life at that time. And so, um, you know, uh, it, it was a great escape from um, some issues that were happening um, on the home front. Um, and so I went down with John and... Um, ran and um ran hard i was in really good shape and um ran with some oh uh katra corbett was there that year wow Um, i I didn't know that madly in love with her at the time (laughs) um i won my first pair of montrails at that race but the reason I remember Hans Dieter Weishauer is because when I was running that race, um, the layout was a little different than it is now, um, and we started in a different place than we do now. Um, short mountain, you would climb up in the middle of the night, basically. The um, and I remember everybody warning people: short mountain is just the hardest part of the course. It's the middle of the night. It's terrible climb it's a 1200 foot climb to the top of the thing and then it's rocky on top for about two miles and then the descent's not very easy either and so you're up there in the middle of the night and i'm just kind of you know walking my way through it and then i hear this sing-songy voice of the 72 year old german man behind me going (laughs) oh short mountain i love you so much i think i'll come back next year just to see you and then he passes me and i never see him again so, I mean, that was Hans. And, and all yeah. these guys back then, I mean, the community was much smaller. So, like, everybody knew everybody. Hans was from Germany. Monica Schultz was from Canada, um, is from Canada. She's a lawyer up there or a barrister. Um, Katra was from California. But everybody was at Massanutten because now, that was the race that now, weekend. Prohira had drove you down there. Did, did he have, he had racing experience at He'd that already point, finished right? that at least twice before. Right. So he's, he's taking he's got you down. Eight finishes like, there. So he's taking you down, going, "Let me, let me tell you about this on the road down." He's giving you all sorts of advice and all that. Yeah, kind me. of. Um, um, you know, the advice then was, you know, go out slow and taper and and all don't that. Don't be Superman. And don't be Superman. And um, there's a couple from Vermont, um, and their names are going to escape me at the moment, but Hans Dieter Weissen. <laughs> um, no, the, and, and they will come to me really quickly, but I can't remember. Uh, them right off the top of my head but I passed them in the first four miles and um, I'm probably not speaking into the mic I'm speaking down into my chest you're doing a great job they saw me pass them and I was going up the first climb and evidently they dropped back and told John that I went out too fast because I was breathing too heavy and so they thought that basically my day was going to be done very early and then um somebody had seen me bomb down the first descent because back in those days when I was 30 oh early 30s yeah I'm an old man um I would I could bomb downhills downhills were my forte and so I took advantage of them um but I DNF that race because at one point in the race I had 
taken my shoes off to dump the rocks out. Nobody wore gaiters back then. Um, and then I put my shoes back on and evidently without realizing this was going to be an issue or realizing that I had done it, I had tied the lace on my right shoe too tight. And as a result, basically turned it into a tourniquet for lack of a better word. And eventually, um, my, I did some damage and my legs swelled up to the size of my buttocks and I couldn't take another step. Uh, once I rolled into mile 82.3. So I DNF'd with just a little more than 20 miles to go on the course because I could not continue. I had plenty of time. I just couldn't continue. Um, so that was Massanutten back in 2002. Um, on a whim, I went up to Halliburton in September that year and did complete my first 100-mile foot race in 25 hours, 55 minutes. So I got my buckle that year. It was just at a different race, and it's a very, very different race than what Massanutten is. But that was my big year, 2002. And then I um, did a 12-hour, one-mile asphalt stupid race that I came in second place at. Presque Isle. Ripped apart my Achilles tendon and stopped running for a long time. Well, that so that was 2002 was Presque Isle? 2002. Because we met in 2006. And you weren't really running a lot. He would tell me about, and I like to do this running. My and, glory days. And at that time, well, at that time, I was one of those. I was that. I, I was, was that girl. I don't like to drive a hundred miles. <laughs> <laughs> but but he actually. So he told you he was a runner. Yeah. Well, but, you had you were probably you know starting back in with some stuff. But I, then I was really unhappy with life where with <laughs> life and where my body was and then i was commuting down to atlanta and that so was I, 2007 yeah well that's actually when i started picking up running again yep. and i i found some trails just outside of atlanta i even went up to springer mountain um which is the head of the appalachian trail if anybody wants to know um, um <laughs> if anybody doesn't know if anybody doesn't know but i went up there and and you know i started doing some trail running down there and and i started you know because i was living in a hotel i would also run on um, a treadmill and you know 10 minute miles was all I could do at that point when back in 2002 mm-hmm. I you know Presque Isle I was averaging sub 10 minute miles for 12 hours so I was a completely different person well and living in a hotel and eating out four nights a week oh yeah and right. then having pizza every Friday when I pick you up from the airport yeah that wasn't the that was not a fine year for us well if you only have pizza every Friday that's pretty good yeah in addition to eating out the other oh. four days oh right yeah right yeah um uh, Carabas <laughs> Carabas Carabas oh my yeah. goodness well on, it was on the company account so yeah you know yeah, they paid me to fly down there. They paid for my room and board. They paid for my car, and they paid for my food. Meals. Your Carabas. Dunkin' Donuts every morning. Dunkin' Donuts. Do ne- never get a bagel in Georgia. They don't. <laughs> they don't know what a bagel every is. Every morning, he'd order. I'd the order same the thing. same thing. I drive through Dunkin' Donuts every morning, order the exact same thing, and they screwed it up every single time. <laughs> What's a for bagel? For like six months. <laughs> One would think, uh, you know, never mind. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, okay. So when did, when did you actually start running again then after? Because I, I know... I think it was a year later that I went and tried Finger Lakes 50 and, you know, busted uh, out that 50K in seven hours, was 45 minutes. 2010 was when you did Finger Lakes. Really? You, you signed up for the 50 miler because that was the year we were getting married. Because while, while you were at the race, I went into town to buy my shoes okay. for the wedding. Uh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like you did some other stuff. I did some damn other good stuff. or whatever. Well, yeah. I know you did um, a couple other things, but I think that was your first ultra in a while. Because yeah. I had magic. just started running in 2009, that was running roads, year. right? And Dan took me out on trails at Duran, and I was like, "Hell no, I hate this." It was, it was horrible. <laughs> that was a, that was a hot mess. Um, <laughs> that was before Eric Egan did any work on the trails at yeah, Duran, right? Right. Oh. Okay. They were all sideways. No, it was well, just, I was just scared. I didn't like feeling like I was going to, I kept being like, if I couldn't see him, mm-hmm. I'd be like, Dan, where are you? You know, and yeah. I was afraid of my footing. And Well, it's, it's weird to just be thrown onto a weird trail, right? Yeah, but now I'm like, yeah, sign me up if you can find me. So, as long as there's blazes I can follow. So in November 2015, you wrote a year in review, um, Athletic Endeavors, right? And that was, uh, that starts off with... Uh, I DNF'd all my goal races. Yeah. I DNF'd uh, Massanutten at 70 miles because I was in absolutely no shape to be running it. A lot of stuff happened that year, and um, um, there's, uh, I, I ended up on some medications that weren't agreeing with me. I wasn't necessarily taking care of myself. There were, you know, uh, mm-hmm. we'll put it this way. I'm a father of four kids, and they're all teenagers. So there's a lot that can happen in a year. Yeah. Um, and so I went to Massanutten and I fought cutoffs and I lost at 70, 69 miles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to Twisted Branch and I fought cutoffs and uh, made it to Urbana, the last aid station, and had to ask Scott McGee if my day was done. Or yeah, actually, I asked Amy if my day was done. Well, because you came in and I said, you know, something like, I'm so glad you're all right. And you're like, oh, am I done? Well, yeah, you're done. Yeah, well, I thought I was. I thought I was doing well. I passed Jeff Green. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, things just got pretty serious here. <laughs> Throw down, you and me, Jeff. I'll see you at the finish three well, days later. Well, you know, later. Jeff's got fifteen kids, so so he told me on Saturday. So, so here's the thing, like. Um, I, I jumped ahead a little bit and, and it's because like you had had that 2015 idea after all my races, but, but before that you had this, this is the post that I, I was telling you, I wanted to ask you about was June, 2014. I'm, I'm back. I'm back. Right. You get trails. That's actually the best shape I've been in, including now since 2002. Right. So 2002 happened. You you ran a little ways, but then you you quit running. I quit running because I'd ripped apart my Achilles tendon, and right. life got even more insane. Right, and things that's, got that's things a got different podcast with a different title. <laughs> yep, and nothing about running. Yep. So all of that happened. Two thousand six, two thousand seven comes along, and you just start like kind of recreationally running a little yeah, bit, getting back into it a bit, and and. Well, there was the airport five k in two thousand nine. <laughs> 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 and the Harbor Fest 10K the next day. And then day. trying to pull Amy into it, and, and it did a really good job with that. Amy's first races were the Airport 5K, and then I convinced her the very next day to run the Harbor Fest 10K. So she did a double. Um, 
and um, I moved in with Amy and um, started training. I wanted to see what I could get back into, and um, and so you know, Trails Rock came around. I started doing different things. Um, I don't even know when they came into existence, but um, four years ago, four years, four ago. years ago, we just yeah. celebrated our fourth yeah. birthday. Oh, that's yep. right. There's a board member of Trails Rock right. sitting right next to me. Right there, there she Where's is. Where's the Trails Rock hoodie? Rock and orange. But uh, I, I just started getting back into it and remembering, you know, what it was like to get lost or or watch a sunrise. And we were living down at Charlotte at the time, so I started training for um, a couple of different things. You did, um, oh my gosh, the one that was down at Swain, was it? Oh, there was- no, it was Bristol. It was, was more, it was a more. It was a more. Out, 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 out of bounds. Yes. Out of bounds. Yeah. Because and, I, and that was 2011. Because yeah, that was when I was. I went working. above there. Yeah. But I didn't finish Which before the award ceremony started because I was moving so slow. Yeah, I was working on getting our house ready to put on the market, and he went down to that race that day while I was putting in a drop ceiling. You've had a lot of life events while he's running. Buying wedding shoes, putting in drop ceilings. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in this on back post, yeah. you talk about Cayuga Trails 50. Yep. But near the end, what you really say is now I have an MMT qualifier. Yes. Because once I started getting back into running, it was one of these things that had been dogging me for years is that I never finished MMT. Mm-hmm. MMT, back in the old race, if you made it to the visitor center, visitor center at that point was halfway. It's an actual visitor center. Um, if you made it to the visitor center and you did not finish, they would give you a piece of the course with a little plaque on it that signified you as a visitor. A visitor is someone that doesn't finish and needs and they their name goes on a list and if you read my first race report which is for Massanutten which is linked on my second race report for Massanutten <laughs> all the sh- all these will be in the show notes <laughs> superman nobody um, has to do nobody um, has I, to get on there uh, write down these things with a steno pad right I, now. I I I talked about the visitor list being um, the something like the dumbass couldn't finish list and it dogged me for years, and I still have the rock with the plaque on it. And I and I looked at it, going, if I get back into this, this is this is what I want. I want this race. I remember all of the great stuff about it. I remember the great people about it. I remember the amazing course. I remember all the the vistas, all the climbs, and everything. And it was like this is this is what I want. Um, and so when I finished Cayuga Trails fifty in 2014 after having to defer a year because I had ended up with a stress fracture um, and Ian was nice enough to defer for a year and so I didn't have to you know drop out and lose my money and then pay again um, I went down there and I knocked out what 11 something yeah something like that yeah I was a sub 12 I was gunning for faster 1140 something I think yeah I was gunning for faster but you know, when I got to the last eight state, the second to last aid station, when I got to underpass and I knew I had seven miles left and I knew, I mean, I, I felt great. I knew I was back. I knew mm-hmm. that I had it in me. I knew that I was, I was ready to go. And, uh, and I finished that race and finished it really well, really strong. And, um, and then was really you know, just kind of coasting through the rest of the year. I ran zero SPF that year. Um, 
fairly decent, wasn't really competing in it, but did well. Um, and then, you know, I started feeling a little tired, a little lethargic. It was time for an off season. And I signed up for Danby Down and Dirty, which was actually the very first trail race I ever did after high school. Danby Down and Dirty usually falls around my birthday in October, and it's a great little 10K or 20K in Danby, which is just south of Ithaca, New York. Yeah, you, ch- you I checked just, out the loop. When I you just were there. ran that Abbott Loop. Yeah, it's the a, Abbott Loop. It's just yeah. you, you climb up the pinnacles. Beautiful view it's, up. It's yeah. very beautiful, but that's a that's a hell of a 10k. That's I yeah, mean, the first mile is yeah, it's up. 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 Yeah, it's up. So we we actually both ran that. Yeah. Well, we both signed up for the 20k. Yeah, and this is where I discovered that I shouldn't run the same race as Amy because anytime I run a race <laughs> with Amy, I DNF. That includes the Monster Marathon. She went to run the Monster Half. I went to run the Monster Full, and I just gave up I mean, this was all the same year this was 2014 i was beginning to feel really tired and so monster and september and i was beginning to go cool trails that yeah. seems like a cool idea monster <laughs> in september i dropped it half um joel sisney and i both dropped it half that year um and then i went and ran danby and i was i was just you know kind of taking it easy i was running with allison and bob and and, you know, got through the technical section of the first part of the 10K and got down onto the grass right before the bridge, before you cross the road and then go up the other side of the road. And I'm running on the grass and I'm not paying attention anymore because I'm done with the technical section. And all of a sudden my foot rolls and I hear the pop and I swear Bob could have heard the pop too. And he was a good 10 feet ahead of me at that point. But it was just, my my ankle went to a right angle and um, I limped. <laughs> the last mile um so that was mile five of the 10k and i limped the last mile and waited at the last aid station before i actually went down to the finish to have to see amy go by to let her know what was going on and then once again i was confronted with the situation that my ankle was the size of my buttocks and i couldn't really do anything and you you either have Really small ankles are really big ass. I'm trying to figure out which it is. Yeah, but, but anyhow. Um, Maybe it's a really small ass and, and really and big ankles. Yeah, um. and, and that was part of, the, um, part of the issue with DNFing and fighting cutoffs at Massanutten um, last year because, it, because I was coming off a rolled ankle that never really truly healed at all through that season on top of medication, on top of life issues and things like that. So it just... 2015 was not my year. 2014, I was back. 2015, I was not back, but back. But persistent. I feel like like what happened at MMT 2015, given what happened at 2016, it was like 2015 was the learning curve of what do we got to do better next year? Mm -hmm. Like, I know I did things differently this year, too. And, like, I didn't when he came in the last aid station last year and had to drop, I, I was probably more devastated than he was by that point because he had already processed it out on like recognizing what time it was and knowing and me sitting there going, I have no idea where he is. And the mm-hmm. aid station had shut the lights off to the trail that was coming in from that side. And I was like, no, there's a runner still out there. And, you know, and I'm like kind of processing all that. And he came in and was just amazing with his attitude where I was just like, crush <laughs> for him 
Um, I don't have to go any further. <laughs> yeah, he's totally like you said. He's totally adjusted. He's gotten. He's well. Sat he with had at least some time too, right? Whereas I, like, I didn't. I didn't think about like how close he was to the cutoffs because when yeah. he left Camp Roosevelt, I mean, you had minutes at that point that you yeah, were ahead, ahead of the cutoff. Five point eight miles from Camp Roosevelt, and it took him four hours four to cover hours. the next. And this good. year, it only took him two. To right. cover that. So. so, but in 20, you said 2015 was not your year, but that's still when you did the Trails Rock Scholarship. I did the Trails Rock Scholarship. You were still chasing MMT. I was still chasing it. And um, there, there were a lot of things that conspired against me. Um, the winter was really difficult oh. to train in, if you remember that year. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was um, quite I had terrible. a JCC quite membership, terrible. and um, I. <laughs> I have done 20-mile workouts on a treadmill. Yes, Amber, I have done 20-mile <laughs> treadmill, treadmill workouts. Um, he fell twice. Um, I, I fell <laughs> on a treadmill with JCC. Um, watching and, a hockey game. And watching a hockey game. I got dizzy and watching. tried to get back on the treadmill while it was still running and fell again. So actually, there's still a scar on my knee from it. I got really dizzy trying to watch a hockey game on a treadmill, and I decided I couldn't. I can't. I just can't do it. it. it it's. A, I mean, it was. You know, because you don't focus on a fixed point. It was. And, it was a Pittsburgh game, and I just remember. I forget who was skating in, but they deked right, and Flurry <laughs> Flurry went left, and I went left, and my foot <laughs> fell off the treadmill, and I was down. <laughs> well, so a month, not even a month before Massanutten last year, though, Dan ran with me in my first ultra because we did a 50K, the Iron Master Challenge 50K in Great Pennsylvania, race. which was a, it was my first ultra and that it was, was my birthday. And, and it was, we got there and we took the pictures and went, what the, that's just a bunch of rocks with like flags going up the it. Flags. It was Ben Murphy. It trail. was totally a Ben Murphy trail. He thought it was fantastic. But, you know, Dan ran with me that whole time, knowing that, you know, running at my pace would be a better training run for him than if he took off and tried to. But there were so many parts of that race that by by mile 25 or whatever, Dan's like, okay, I'm not even amused by this anymore. This isn't even runnable. Yeah, there's there's flat parts of that course <laughs> just aren't where the runnable. rocks were just, but it was, it's really good Massanutten training. Yeah. Because it was a beautiful course, though. I would totally run it. Because 90% of Massanutten's not runnable. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's flat, it's not. What was that white face last weekend? Um, But yeah, I mean, yeah, I had the Trails Rock sponsorship, and then, and I did that, and you know, I went and ran, and I got my mileage, and I did, I, I think I was, sixteen hundred miles for the year. Um, I just wasn't. Just wasn't feeling it. It just, you know, a lot of things conspired against me, including myself. and and I questioned a lot of stuff. And I questioned a lot of stuff, especially after Twisted Branch, because you know that's. But then I I I recognized that Twisted Branch is what it is. It's a hard, hard race. It's one of those like Massanutten that is, it you know there are plenty of ultras out there. There's there's hundred k. You you can go to Green Lakes if you want to run a hundred k, and you're not fast and and you want to complete the distance. Green Lakes, do it. If you want to really challenge yourself and push yourself to the limit at 100K, Twisted Branch is where you go. Um, because it's, it's, not, it's not a race for the walkers. Um, and I'm okay with the fact that there are 
both types of races out there. That there are races that appeal to fast elite runners, trails races that that appeal to um, runners that are more capable than other runners, and that there are long trail races that appeal to everybody. And Ian tries to strike that balance a lot with his Red Newt racing trails. Um, and I think it depends on the race. Um, but you look at Kiwga Trails 50, the cutoffs are, are quite generous. I mean, mm-hmm. he's designed that course in a way to give everybody, if every type of ultra runner out there, the best chance to complete it within the time. But when you're looking at a 100K race like Twisted Branch, you know, Scott McGee does, it's a point-to-point race, the logistics and everything. I think it's fantastic that the cutoffs are where they are and everything, giving all the all the volunteers and everything he has, and just the technical difficulty of the course is something. It's like, this is not a race for beginners. It just isn't. No, it's not. At, are you trying I, to scare me? <laughs> I um, So I was all trained up, right? Oh, nine, yeah, you were. Nine months full focus, Twisted Branch. I finished with 17 minutes left on the cutoff, barely. Yep. Um, barely walking. And that says a lot about that course. Yeah. And I think, I think the fact that Davin goes around setting hundred mile, Davin Oskvig goes around yep. setting hundred mile course records and he was two hours longer than he thought he was going to yeah. be. I mean, and, he said it was equivalent to any hundred miler that yep. he's run. And, and I would agree. I mean, it is the, I, I, I think Massanutten's the tougher course, mm-hmm. but it's close. Yeah. It's close. It's different, right? But it's close. So you had last year, 2015. You had both of those floating over your head: yep. a DNF at Twisted Branch and a DNF at Massanutten. Yep. Now I don't have a DNF at Massanutten. Right. So, so that's not over my head. So I can look at something like Breakneck now. Well, so <laughs> so now you can you. I can play. You went to Twisted Branch. And you didn't quite do it, and you're like, "Ugh, I'm gonna still go to Massanutten, mm-hmm. right?" And you, had, I still have my qualifiers, so yeah, you, know. you had two freaking hard races in 2015, and you're saying a lot. It wasn't quite your year. I mean, that's a well, I didn't finish them. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't my year. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then you come back around 2016, mm-hmm. right? And you're going back to Massanutten. Mm-hmm. How did what was your qualifier for Massanutten this it's year? It's the same two qualifiers because it's right. two year two year qualifier two year window. So now you're going back of your own accord, yep. right? Um, there's no Trails Rock scholarship. Yep. There's just Dan going. I got a thing, right? Dan and Amy. Yep. yep. I mean, he had to decide to go, right? And then and then he's and he like, had to get in. And he's like, and if this I'm this year, thank God we didn't have the waiting list, right? Yeah. And he's like, if I'm going, you're coming with me. No, I said I was going no, with him. No, that's. <laughs> I, I I needed to. I, I I had such a blast last year. Yeah. That I was like, well, we got to go back. When he's like, well, I'm not sure, but I'm, we got to go back. Like, you got to go back. Oh, and do so this. it was you. Okay. <laughs> well, Cause... well, no, but I mean, even even when he <laughs> he's coming into mile 97, and he's all. I don't know if I ever want to do another hundred miler again. And I'm like, well, finish this one first. Yeah. Right. And then he's like, I really want this. I'm like, well then go get it. And then I'm like thinking to myself, well, I want to come back here. Like, let's see. Well, who you else. can run it. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't know whether I have any desire ever to run it when we were there for the chocolate bunny training run. Because, yes, we drove to Virginia for a training run for this race and back Mm -hmm. in one day, Um, (laughs) which is why he agreed to drive to Whiteface next Sunday for me to do a preview run right after Manitou's. That sounds like a good plan. We'll we'll talk about next weekend. We got this little thing of um, Massanut in 2016 to kind of. If, if we if we don't talk about this thing, then then I got to shut the podcast down. So no, I mean, all right, you can so. just do master editing <laughs> of all this stuff. Yeah. So what do you want to um, know about Massanut in 2016? Well, well, that's. I mean, you decided to do it, right? I, I knew I had it in me. I mean, after 2015, even though the training wasn't there and whatnot, I knew I had it in me. I right. knew I knew I could. I knew that the training going into 2015 was not right and. And there were things to work out, and and that I could work them out. And um, so, you know, I threw my hat in the ring and started training in December. Um, you know, plugged out. A, a, I used the uh, Relentless Forward Progress mm, books uh, yeah. uh, training schedule. In 2015, I was doing you know the uh, hundred mile foot race on 50 miles a week plan that ain't going to cut it mm-hmm. that ain't going to cut it if you're going to use that i was just going to say that's kind of kind of light from december to may yeah and so i i bumped it up to the 70 and of course i always um the you know 100 mile foot race running 70 miles a week and 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 i always you know take those training plans with a grain of salt i am not I'm really good at writing other people training plans and I like to have one myself, but I stress that a training plan is just, just a, a guide. Yep, just a it's suggestion. A guide because if you're going to get hurt training Tim Ratowski, Adventure Racer Goose Adventure Racing, guy doesn't train. Why? If you ask Tim Ratowski why he doesn't train, his answer is when do people get hurt? when they're training so i don't train so i don't get hurt and it works for him and that's the thing people uh, i don't i i try to be smart about listening to my body and if you know if i'm scheduled for a 70 mile week and i cannot wake up um it means i'm fatigued and my body needs to stop and so i'm not going to push that day there is something to be said for really I can't get up versus I don't want to get up. It's cool, though. Mm-hmm. You know, and so there is a point, and I'm going to contradict what I always say. There is a point in training where tired may not be an injury, but it can be a sign that you're going to be injured in the training cycle. So, um, so I paid attention to that. I bumped my mileage up. Um, I got down to high tour with Ben and we did stupid runs. Um, training with Ben Murphy is, is one of the highlights of training for me. I'm not, a, I don't care for group runs that often, although I lead them now for Medved. Um, and I'll go out to, um, some trail rock ones, but when it comes to the long run type stuff, the reason I run ultras is not to race. The reason I go long is because there's something out there to find. It's really kind of a John Muir type thing. It's, you know, in, in order to go in, I found I needed to go out for going out was going in and 
yada yada, you know, all all of his flowery writing and whatnot. But it's true. It's it's where I find myself. There are two places that I find myself most grounded in this world. Um, one is with other people, and that's playing music because there's a communication, but it's an unspoken communication, and it's just reassuring that everybody's on the same page. Actually listening to each other not speaking at each other and it's absolutely fantastic and then the other one is more a solo effort of running where i get into a physical mantra and and it becomes a a, a meditative motion type thing and i find out you know i sort out issues and i find out things about myself and that's why trail running appeals to me so much and that's why when i do the long run type stuff i usually do it on my own so in training this year, I did a self-supported 50K down on the Twisted Branch course, mm-hmm. um, and it took me nine hours. I took my time. It was a training run, but it was self-supported, and and it was cold, and it was a fantastic run. It was absolutely amazing because I went out there not with the idea of, i got to grind out 30 miles. I went out there with, I'm going to see the sunrise when I get up into Cutler. I'm going to get all the way up to the top of Conklin Gully where the lean-to is. I'm going to see all this stuff. I'm going to get that nice descent back out of Conklin. And and just, I enjoyed every minute of it. Even the last climb up Gannett Hill, I enjoyed the heck out of it. And that's why. That's a hell of a climb. And, and that's, yeah, and it's... It's 2,500 feet of climb on the way out, and it's 3,500 feet of climb on the way back because Gannett is the highest point in Ontario County. And, and it was great. It was absolutely fantastic because I'm running on my terms, mm-hmm. and I'm finding what I need to find, and I'm stopping where I need to stop, and I'm, fuel, and I'm learning how to fuel. And that was the other thing that made 2016 a much better success. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer eating sugary substances when I'm out there doing long runs. Pierogies. Um, Pierogies, dude. The aid station pierogies at Twisted Branch, or at uh, Cayuga, Cayuga Buttermilk Falls. Those aid station pierogies. I had two hand. Bacon? I had two handfuls yep. of those pierogies, <laughs> just jamming them in my face hole. Just yep. I couldn't. I couldn't get enough of them. Yep. I can't do gels. It's like putting mm-hmm. sugar glue in my mouth. I just cannot mm-hmm. do them. I can't stop. Yeah, them. I I had to eat a lot of gels because I was trying. I was there was points where I wasn't feeling like eating, and I was trying to make sure that I. So I did Cayuga running on my own terms. Yep. And I did not want to eat, and I was like, you know what? This gel will last three seconds, and then I was done with it. And I had to. Oh, John Prohara talked about that at the night we had at Medved, where sometimes you yeah. just got to suck it up. You just got to well, get it over that's, with. That's why the pierogies were so great at Massanutten, because it wasn't sugar, but they're a self-contained unit. It's yeah. like having a gel. Yep, it is, very much. And, and so, I gave him a little so, baggie of them, and he yeah, took them Yeah, Amy gave me off. a baggie of six mini pierogies, mm-hmm. and I was on my way. Yeah, they were cold, but they were they were. I love cold I pierogies. I, I eat cold well, pierogies I, I out of our fridge. I pre-cooked bacon, and I pre-cooked pierogies. Mm-hmm. I didn't and do I had, bacon. I know, and I had some pre-cooked kielbasa, too, because mm-hmm. we figured we'd have some stuff. Because last year, one of the, I think one of the mistakes, if you could call it, that happened at Elizabeth Furnace was you sat down. Yep. You took your shoes off. We made you a sandwich. I mean, yeah, you comfy. spent 35, 40 minutes at that aid station oh, yeah, last comfortable. year. This year, he spent no more than 15 minutes, if, if that involved changing shirts. It never changed his shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, a shirt, a hat, a buff, whatever, add a layer because it was getting cold. Swap bottles. Never sat down except for the one bathroom stop at mile 88. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you were mentioning music being kind of that communication, and yeah. there's uh, people listening. Um, everything that I've heard about your experience at the race, there is a, a very similar understanding. You guys are playing from the same sheet a lot in this in this whole Massanutten experience. Mm-hmm. And the idea that um, you two are on the same page. She's there supporting you, and, and you know that. But she's also doing her own thing in a certain way as well. Yeah, but but in this instance, and it was really more so this year, um, we were on different pages, but she was always on my page. She had her stuff to deal with that I didn't need to know anything about. Like the dead GPS. <laughs> the trip to Walmart. But, she was on my page and had to know everything that I was about. Right. And it was really fantastic. So she has she had two books, two pages to be on. Hers Except and yours. Camp Roosevelt where I had to wake her up. Well, that's because he was so far ahead of where we got. And because and I didn't get any sleep at Hayburn because of yeah. the so, crazy other guy. So we're sort of doing the cliff notes and the fill in the cracks. But you have a an excellent race write-up for this that will also be in the show notes at www no any but um, backslash who cares <laughs> um but no people should read it because we're jumping around a lot but the write-up in there is really good and we're sort of giving the context of that write-up i think yeah i mean the the whole thing about mass and not and and it is in the write-up and it's at the end of the write-up and, it, and it, i mean everything everything this year culminated at big run Mm-hmm. Everything culminated a big run. All of my training, all of my experience, all my past experience, all my successes back from 2002 to all my struggles coming back up to now um, culminated at big run, which is a 12, 1300, 12 or 1300 foot climb at mile 92. Mile 92. That's fair. They put this stupid <laughs> climb. But not only is it a stupid rocky climb, but it's a stream. It's big run. It's a run. It's a run of water. You see the water come out from under the ground onto the trail. And basically you're climbing 1,200 feet of a waterfall in a mile. But it was dry in March. It was dry in March run. when I did the Chocolate Bunny Run because it was a dry year. But That was Easter weekend. That's why mm-hmm. it's called Chocolate Bunny. I um, guess. Do you um, get a chocolate bunny at the end? Yes. He did. Yes, oh, you get a chocolate bunny salad. at the end. Um, or and you even saw real bunnies. Yes. Oh. That's a whole another story, <laughs> but yeah. Like Playboy bunnies? Or like no, no. Real the bunnies. chocolate bunny run is a, is a nighttime run. It's a, it's yeah. a training run that does the last... Um, 26 Basically, the, close to the last 20, 26 miles of, of the race. So basically, it starts... It, it, it covers the ground where I DNF'd in 2015 to almost the finish. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ran that. It start, started at 7 o'clock at yeah. night, and it was a 26-mile run with, I want to say, 6,000 feet of climb, um, which is more than anything you're going to find here other than Twisted Branch. Um, and through this whole run, I didn't see any wildlife. I didn't see any wildlife at all. And I got to the top of Bird Knob, just at midnight and i'm running over the other side to the road and right at midnight on easter sunday the bunny rabbits come out (laughs) it was like oh you are real oh my goodness so 
<laughs> but but anyhow, and it wasn't a long enough run for hallucinations. No, so. no, no. But no. I did have hallucinations at at Massanutten. But anyhow, big run was where everything culminated because you're staring. I'm I'm like I stopped. I stopped and looked at this stupid, basically waterfall that I had to go up, and I was done. You know, fifty <laughs> fifty four miles of Massanutten was done on my training, and it was easy. Getting into Habron was easy. I was tired at times, but I wasn't exhausted like I was in 2015. The next... Yeah, you ran into Haver this I year. I was going to say, did did he come into Haver like he like ran he was in, on last, training? last year he was walking, and that was when the aid station volunteer looked at him, and Dan was like, tired, tired is not an injury, and the guy just bust out laughing. <laughs> but he was walking in, and he was only a half hour shy of the cutoff at this point. Yoshi had just dropped. Yoshi, Yoshi dropped behind me. And um, passed Yoshi. And uh, was yeah, hot. he was beat. And he hot. sat. And he sat down. I think you changed your shoes there too. I sat, sat there for at least forty minutes. Yeah, and uh, and then it was. It was pretty much. I think that was pretty much when your race ended last year. Was when you were that close to yeah the cutoffs. Yeah, because the, the, the then you were the next stop is Roosevelt, and then and, and then, then it was behind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but, but uh, this year he came in. He came in fresh. Came and in two two hours twenty two minutes half. ahead yeah. of where he was last year. Nice. Yeah, the sun was still out. Got in and out. <laughs> Brought a burrito with me. Yep. Thought of Weldon because yep. I had burrito, but it had cheese in it. Sorry, Mike. Right. Um, and uh, so, yeah, the first 54 miles or maybe even a little bit longer, maybe even all the way up to Roosevelt because I came into Roosevelt really quick. I mean. Yeah, I didn't even see him. I had laid down a nap and <laughs> and I, you know, because every time I was starting to do the recalculations, right, of when when can I expect him? And I always wanted to be up just a little bit before. So and I hadn't gotten any sleep at, at Habron because there was someone else there who was being really loud and um, <laughs> and smoking. I'm like, really? <laughs> um but I uh, I get to Camp Roosevelt and I finally laid down and I had parked at a spot where actually you run by you would run by, go into the aid station, and then he would come back out. So what happened was he ran by the van Didn't while I still was down. I had gotten up and was sitting in the front seat, and he had gotten into the aid station and came through. And then he just happened to look over and saw because I was right at a crossing. <laughs> and I'm sitting here looking this way. And all of a sudden, I hear this tap, tap, tap on the window, and I'm like, oh, hey. Oh, it's a hobo. I know. So <laughs> thankfully, I parked in a spot where he and could see me, because that was a crucial time, because if I hadn't realized that he had blown through, I might have, given off. what happened last year, waited and waited. And right. by that point, oh. it only took him two hours to get to the next aid station. I might have missed him there, too. Yeah. So and, right. and it was actually... Um, I didn't think it was a big deal that I didn't see you there until I did see you there because yeah. I did then change shirts and yes. everything because busting out of there, um, a little bit of rain had happened and it was getting cold yeah. and I needed to get out of the wet clothes. And so it was a really, it was, it was a vital change, but, but basically all the way up to, to Roosevelt, um, I would say I did all that on my training and then the next 20 to 25 miles, I would say I had done basically purely on guts. Guts and experience. Guts. Well, well, he came he came into Jawbone 1, which is where he dropped last Gap year. Gap Creek, Jawbone. Yeah, is the Gap, climb out of well, it's Gap Creek, Jawbone <laughs> oh, 1 is the name of the aid station. Yeah. So he came in, 
you know, at a little after midnight when last year he didn't come in until after 4 a.m. Actually, I'll, I'll say I'll made it, I made it to Gap Creek on training. Oh, okay. this training is getting better and better. I got into Gap Creek on training because I got in there, you know, it took me four hours to get from Roosevelt to Gap Creek 2015. took me two hours to do it this year. I bust out of Gap Creek and I go up the fire road and I miss the turnip jawbone and I run a mile and a half out of my way. Good. I run. I run a mile uh. and a half out of my way. This is mile 70. I run a mile and a half out of my way and realize I screwed up and turn around and run a mile and a half back to the turn. And then I have to do Jawbone, which is a sick, nasty, mean climb that takes you up to the top of Kearns Mountain, which is a ridge of three miles of unrunnable rock. So it seems like maybe if you would have walked that wrong turn, you could have saved yourself some time. No, he probably would have. He wouldn't have made the cutoffs. Well, but he, he wouldn't. He wouldn't, have, he wouldn't have went a mile and a half down the wrong turn if he was no, walking. Might have. No, I don't know. I don't. Well, know. and no. so the next the next aid station is the visitor center where I got in and I was able to get some sleep. And but it was this was the really only time cold. I was worried about her because I knew I was going to be coming in late. Well, mm. it was getting really cold. And I was like bundling up and whatever because it had been somewhat warm through the day. But there was a campfire there, and the guy that was really annoying at the aid station before was there, and his runner had dropped, and that was all a whole other story. But, um, but I was sitting there, sort of like looking at the time and going, and and he was worried about me. I found out later, but I was like, you know, he's seventy five miles into the race. The wheels are probably falling off at this point. It's dark out. It's like three in the morning. So mm-hmm. I really wasn't that stressed about it. And I see Scott Ulrich there, who I knew the guy he was pacing was somewhere around where Dan was. Scott's an Ithaca but, um, guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. Scott's an Ithaca guy, um, who absolutely loves Trails Rock Aid Stations. Um, yeah, who doesn't? Yeah, he was like really, right? for us. But, um, you know, so then, and I see these runners coming in, and I'm like, wait, wait, these people were, like, behind Dan before. And I'm like, you know, as you're, as you're crewing, this is one of the things you start to see. Oh, yeah, is like definitely. runners that are sort of around that same time. So then then he finally comes in, and I'm like, and he's like, yeah, I took a wrong turn. And I'm like, all right, then. So I, well, now you're going to get to see the, you know, sunrise at the top of Bird Knob. Yeah. It was cold. <laughs> see, always I mean, look on the bright I mean, side. And I can go back to sleep. <laughs> we're, we're on the top of Kearns, and it's hailing. It's, there's a little bit of hail. I'm wearing four layers. People are running in. I will say that was the one thing I was worried about because there were runners coming in at the visitor center who were dropping because they were not prepared for the cold. And Dan, right. I think, handled that stuff really well. He can't. I'm like, are you doing okay? Are you feeling cold or anything like that? And you know, you were dressed in layers. And yeah, yeah, I had four layers on, and then and then I got to the top of Bird Knob, which is another thousand foot climb, and the sun comes up. Second sunrise on the top of Bird Knob, beautiful. Um, a little cloudy, so you didn't really get to see it, but you know, um, and, and it's hailing a little bit and, um, it's getting colder. The sun comes up and it's getting colder and I run into the bird knob aid station and all they basically seem to have there is knob Creek and, um, some other whiskeys. (laughs) And I'm like, do you have anything besides whiskey? And they're like, well, we got broth. I'm like, give me broth. And and that, you know, goes back into the difference between 2015 and 2016. My nutrition was, for 2015, was a lot of sugar and a lot of stupid. <laughs> My nutrition for 2016 was I got up in the morning and instead of having coffee and a bagel, which would have made me have to, you know, poo my pants at four miles, which would have been horrible, <laughs> I had a 
highly saturated 20-ounce bottle of caffeinated tailwind to simulate the coffee, but to also give me my nutrition, and it wasn't going to mess up my stomach Whoa. with real food. So pre-race tailwind. Pre-race yeah. tailwind. Mm. I'm already forcing the calories in. Yeah. I'm already hydrating, and I'm getting my caffeine on so my regular schedule of caffeine, which and is you I said, get up in the morning and I drink caffeine. And you said heavily saturated? So. Yeah, so I'd say about 200 calories. Wow. And then we're off. That's interesting. And I didn't start eating solid food until... 12 miles into the race where I had a strawberry. It was about the most oh, amount Edinburgh. of sugar I yeah. had um, was a strawberry. And, and then I, you know, I ate pierogies and potatoes. And so it was tailwind, water, pierogies, potatoes, couple of pretzels. Do some watermelon? I had a little watermelon and broth. And a burrito. Ramen. A lot of broth. Ramen. Yep. I only ate three bites of that burrito and then threw it in the woods. So some bear oh. got it somewhere. Oh, whatever. Um, but yeah, it wasn't cliff blocks. It wasn't, it wasn't the stuff, fish. you know, it was, it was a little bit more complicated starches and, and sugars than the simple sugars. So it right. takes a little longer to break down and it doesn't, it wasn't causing stomach rot and it wasn't, you know, it just really, for whatever reason was dialed in, it was mm-hmm. dialed in perfectly. So you take it seriously all the way up to the point of Big Run. So and now the, you're standing at the bottom of Big so Run. So I'm standing at the bottom of Big Run just staring at it going. Well, well, before that, though, he comes into mile 88, which is where the bathroom stop is. But prior, oh, yeah, yeah. Let's prior to him arriving, there. I'm sitting there and waiting, and all I'm hearing is Bob yelling at every runner that comes in. And I'm thinking, this is going to be Dan in like Bob is my inspiration. <laughs> Bob is awesome. One of the other Virginia Happy Trails runners comes in, and she's all... I'm tired and this hurts and blah, blah, blah. And, and it's, it's so much further to go. And he's like, you've run 90 miles. You got 12 miles to go. What are you? And he's just, I was like, oh my God, it's, it's like Dan in 20 years. This is great. I and then 30, Dan comes in. I ran 30 miles with Bob in 2015. <laughs> was he the bullish guy? No, his buddy, his buddy was the bullish guy. And he'll, this is bullish. <laughs> Sorry. We've only said it twice, so you don't have to put the explicit label on here yet. Um, <laughs> But uh, uh, no, he's uh, Bob is the is the RD for Bull Run fifty so, miler. So the bull guy was the one that I watched literally lube up at the middle of the aid station. All right, yeah, Shaw yeah. Gap, yeah, that was that was some priceless moments right I've, there. I've done that before. Nothing. Yeah, nothing I was like, really? about Okay, it. that's cool. Whatever. But yeah, so Dan comes in mile eighty eight, and he's just like everything hurts, and I'm like, well, yeah, you've been running for like ever, and. <laughs> you got almost 90 miles on your feet. And he's like, no, I just have to keep moving. And that picture that I posted of him standing outside the bathroom or leaning against his poles was because he was literally like, I, I like, I can't stop moving. I have to like keep yeah. moving. Yeah, there, was- there, there's a point where you get to an aid station and it's harder to stand still than it is to move. And everybody's because like, the pressure you want a chair? Feet. And the, everybody's offering me a chair. I did not sit at all. I knew better than to sit, except for that aid station where I actually got into a bathroom and sat down on a toilet and evacuated and <laughs> moved on. And yeah, I moved and, and then, then moved I moved down. on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, tell me. I'm. Sometimes, I mean, but, but 92 eight, miles eight, and I'm staring at this stupid thing. And so up to that point, I'm running on guts and I'm staring at the stupid climb. And it was, why, what am I doing? And it's in the race report. And it was basically, I had to look at it long enough to realize how stupid 
and ridiculous everything I had been doing was and everything I was going to do was. And if there's one thing that running with Ben Murphy has taught me, it's that stupid is what we're after. It's fun. (laughs) If you take it too seriously, you've just gotten so far into your head, it's not worth it. And it was like, this is ridiculous. This is, this is just stupid. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to escape this by keeping my feet dry and whatnot. I'm going to be stupid about this and just forge ahead and get it done. And once my attitude changed from what the hell, why am I doing this to this is stupid, let's be stupid. I ran the last 16 miles on attitude Mm -hmm. and that's it. So it was training, then guts, then attitude. And that was the big difference, and that's what I found, and that's the reason that I run these things. I have found a lot of things. I found, you know, that I'm more capable than I ever thought I was. I found that um, there's a community that's bigger than me, and it's one of the things I always find at, at Virginia Happy Trails running club stuff is, you know, because you don't talk politics down there. You're in a, in a very conservative area with a lot of military and whatnot and a lot of differing opinions Uh, you know um um, horton and i would not get along on a personal Mm, level ever yep but put us in a running situation and Mm -hmm. everybody's on the same page and all that stuff is extraneous and and you know i found that i found that there's there's common good even among people i wouldn't typically associate with right um but this year it was i found that this stuff isn't that serious man well and so a lot of so a lot of people um you know wondering why i wore one inch split toucan at cayuga trails <laughs> yeah right? we're still all trying to unsee well no that we actually. we know why you did that you needed the actual visual of running inside out. No. Because your insides were hanging out, man. <laughs> no, there was a liner. <laughs> yeah, it was saw. because of that. It was because I I was the I needed the constant reminder of how silly it is to run back and forth. Buttermilk Falls and Treeman are one point seven miles apart. Yep. Yet we find a way to run 12 and a half miles yeah, between the two Yeah, but that 1.7 miles directly sucks because we right. did it last year. It's on the road. Year. Oh, it's, it's terrible. totally on the road. The road I did noise, it. The noise, the, yep. oh, it's oh, terrible. But, but we find a way to make it 12 and a half miles and we do it four times. It's yep. stupid. Yep. And if you take that two, you're running through the gorges and up the waterfalls on days when people are day hiking with picnics and hanging out, you're running and working hard. If you don't realize that you're just a tiny bit silly, well, what are you doing there, right? You know. Yeah. Well, I would and, say, though. And, and, and I know that people run for different reasons. Uh-huh. And, and I'm explaining the reason. The, the draw to Massanutten, the draw to Cayuga. Mm-hmm. Is is the land? Yes, very it's much. It's the land. I mean, if you, uh, Cayuga is a national championship, mm-hmm. and those guys up front, I'm glad they get there a day before and stay a day after, so they can actually enjoy where they ran. And I know that they kind mm-hmm. of enjoy it when they're running it, mm-hmm. but 
the mid-packers and the back of the packers and the people that only that I want to say only did a marathon who did the marathon there they got to experience more than running right and that's that's what I mean I, you can take it seriously if yes. you can take it seriously and succeed more power to you but you know what it's running right and yeah. so and and that's the the other. If thing taking that, it too seriously prevents you from running, then you're doing it. But wrong. I think there's there's something to be said for that was a that was a huge goal and the seriousness that you put into the train. Like if you were just going to be silly about it, you wouldn't have done any of that stuff. Like you and you and you wouldn't have finished. No, but so you, you put in all that training and we did the planning. That's, that we that's did a good point, though. He was he was serious up to a point and then had to realize I'm going to march well, up a so, waterfall but so, but, but, after but doing I, but 92 miles. Even the training, you know, there, there was an element of seriousness, but I really, you know, if all of the training was serious, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. Well, no, I get that. That's not what I mean. What I mean is that the, the accomplishment of running, like, I don't know that you would be sitting here right now if that buckle weren't sitting there next to you saying, you know, at some point it was just because, like, I'll tell you waiting for you at mile 97, which was after Big Run, was the only time during the race that I literally could have vomited because I was watching because he had told me what time he wanted to be in. You know, mm-hmm. he wanted to leave himself three hours to get cover that last 6.9 miles. Yeah, I wanted to be in Cap Creek And by when I was, and I'm sitting there, and I'm and it's 1230. I got in at 110. And it, and it's, <laughs> yeah, right? Who's telling the story here? And it's, you know, 1245 and I'm seeing runners coming in that there was one woman I saw come in there who I had not seen all race. Now I've been at every aid station I was physically able to be at and I've not seen this woman all race. And I'm going, uh, hi, you know, and at one point I actually walked down, there's a spot in the trail. So this aid station is, is a point where two different distances come in. So the, where he dropped last year, same aid station came in from the other side. This time he's coming in. At the ninety seven mile ninety six point eight whatever miles, and so I walked down a little bit, and I'm kind of standing there looking, and somebody else, you know, at this point you've been around the same people all day, and they're like, you know, where's your runner? Oh, my runner's only got oh, somebody. You know, we're all getting anxious, whatever. And I actually, for, I was like, oh my gosh, I could throw up right now because it hasn't occurred to me until this moment that he, that he could miss. actually get oh. this far. Like I had no worries at all that he was going to make the cutoff at this point, but I knew if he came in much later than one o'clock, he wasn't going to make it to the end. And that would be, I, I was like, I can't even, I can't even like it. There's no way that I can process wow. this, that if he's going to get this far, that he's not going to get there. Yeah. So I, I, and then I see him coming down. It's like five after one. You got in at one Oh four actually per your split sheet came in and I'm like, all right, dude, you don't have a lot of time. And most of the rest of the time, I think I wasn't that like direct with you. I would just be like, what do you need? Whatever. But he, and at this point I'm like, we got to do this. Like you got to finish this. And he comes in, I'm like, listen, you don't have time. You know, here's your (laughs) bottles. What do you need from the table over there? And the car's over here. So let's get going. And then Bob was there and that's when he was yelling at him. I'm like, Oh, I got to get some video of this for Valone. <laughs> so he sees that Dan gets yelled at too. Um, and that it was, you know, and then you look at him in the video and he's moving, you yeah. know, and then we get closer to the car and that's when he's like, yeah, I, I probably, cause I had parked the car, the van, like right near where you go up, mm-hmm. <laughs> where you have to go up to Jawbone. And, and he comes over and he's like, yeah, a fresh shirt would be good. And he had packed exactly the right amount of clothing that he needed, which was, which was perfect. And then he just looks at me and you, you had some emotion on your face of, you know, I want this. And that's when I just looked at him and I was like, well, then go get it. I'll be at the finish. 
And he was worried that I was going to be like fretting at the finish. But I was like, I went back and kind of broke down camp and whatever. And then I. Because you had plenty of time on your hands, right? Yeah. Because I knew it was going to take him. Well, I knew there was no choice, but he was going to have to come in by four. So Yeah. That was the other stupid point of the race because then you go up Jawbone, which is a climb. Oh, he looks up and he's like, come on. Yeah, you, you go up Jawbone. <laughs> what the? But, but it's like, I've, I've run this. I've run this at Chocolate Bunny. I know what to expect. You know, or, or no, it, was, it wasn't it was Jawbone. It was, a, it was Big Run. It was coming into, it was both Jawbone and Big Run. Okay. Because going up Big Run, I know that one time at the top, there's a road. Right. And I just got to find that road, and then I got a mile and a half descent on dirt road. So it's runnable into Gap Creek. And I'm like, where's the road? Where's the damn road? Where's the road? Where's the road? Where's the road? Where is the road? This is when I start seeing garages with minivans in them. Every rock is a minivan out there. <laughs> People ridiculous. waiting for him. And then I finally find the road and find that I can't run that entire mile and a half downhill, but I did. I ran a lot of it. And then the same thing happens because you go up Jawbone, mm. and then you know there's a descent on the backside of Jawbone, and then you run the same four miles downhill on the road that you ran up at the beginning of the race uphill, except there's one little twist. You So you're looking for that road, you're looking for that road, you finally get on the road about 10, about I, there was four runners with pacers and me. We all hit the road at the same time, and everybody breaks down their poles. It was hilarious. Everybody breaks down their poles because we know we're just running a gentle downhill for the rest of the race. And we're thinking, okay, we just run this gentle downhill the way that we ran a gentle uphill for the first four miles of the race. Yeah, well, the very last half mile, instead of going exactly the way you went out backwards, you take a sharp left. And there's this stupid hill going up <laughs> into the backside of the camp. And we're all like, why? Why? But at least it's on road. So, so I'm looking at this girl who I've been chasing down the road for four miles. Her and her pacer are constantly looking back. Is he going to catch us? Is he going to catch us? I finally catch him. And we hike up that hill together. And I'm like... You work for it. Go ahead. She's like, nope, I'm death marching to the finish. Go ahead. And so, boom, I'm out of there and, and, and finished it. But, you know, it was, it was getting past, it was getting past Big Run. I mean, and that was the thing. Um, but again, it's one of these things that the reason I go out there is, is what am I going to find? And, and the training is, is just the same. It's, you know, if I take it too seriously, mm-hmm. What am I doing? If you if you don't, this is for me. I mean, I know there's competitive runners out there that are dead serious about this stuff. I'm not one of those guys. If I'm not enjoying it, then there's no reason for me to be doing it. But on the other side is if I'm doing it, I have the choice as to whether or not I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. You know, and if I'm running too hard on a group run somewhere, I have the choice to say, I'm going to step back and enjoy what I'm doing as opposed to trying to keep up with you guys. Or if I happen to be on that day and I'm enjoying running fast, then I'm going to enjoy that. But I always have that choice. And and that's that's what I found out there this time. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to apply that and other aspects of my life. And, and that's what 
trail running and ultra has brought to me is actually a much greater foundation as to how to live the rest of my life. Well, Kevin, Kevin said it at the pre-race dinner. I think it's in your race report too, that he's like, if you're not enjoying yourself, then what can you change Mm -hmm. so that you're enjoying it? And if you can't change it, then stop doing it. Mm So, I mean, that's, that's, that's right. You could apply that and, to pretty much everything. And, and that leads up to my latest blog post, which is, you know. Well, so before we get there. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm guiding this show. The finish. Come on. How, you finished friggin' Massanutten. The what, finish what, is, what the hell is, is that like? The finish, I, I'm telling you, the finish was at Big Run. Mm-hmm. The so the, he wants to know about the PVC pipes, though, and running. No, I mean, I mean, if you think your finish <laughs> of your race was conquering big run, and getting I, I, over I will yourself, tell you that's that, cool. That 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 epiphany at big run was more important to me than crossing the finish line. Crossing the finish line was cool. Yes, I came around the corner. Yes, I saw Bob yelling at me. I I slowed down just beforehand because I wanted to jump up and tap the banner, and he saw me slow down, and he says, "You're not finished yet. Look at that line." And so I, I said, Bob, I know. And I jumped up and I touched the banner and I crossed the line. And he handed me my Mass Nut Mountain 100-mile finisher visor. And, and, you know, Kevin wasn't at the finish line to shake my hand because he was doing awards at the time. But then, you know, he had announced my name, you know, first-time finisher. Um, I'm one of seven people to get off the visitors list that, this year. <laughs> Fourteen people got on it this year. So, but would we be having this conversation if you just made the climb up big run? No, because if I had not made the climb up big run, I mean, I was finishing once I had that epiphany. Mm -hmm. I was finishing. There was no doubt in my mind at that point that I was finishing. If I were further behind in the cutoffs and still up in my head, I would not have had that epiphany, number one. I would have found something else out about myself that day. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have finished the climb a big run in time, and I wouldn't have finished the course in time. But it was but but that was that was the finish because that was the reward that I didn't expect. Right. Yep. And it, it, you know, and that attitude that this is stupid, this is fun, climbing up Jawbone again, I'm going to stop for a minute. Okay, now I'm going back up. This is stupid, this is fun, where's the goddamn road? Okay, here it is. We're done. <laughs> you know, and... and it, it, yeah. And, I'll, I'll head but 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 it was cool. I mean, it was cool to hear, you know, people's names as I was rounding the corner and then... You know, rounding that last corner, and Kevin's like, "What's his number? What's his number?" And hearing Amy go, "That's my runner," and and, and I'm yelling one twenty three, and I'm hearing Bob yell at me, and yeah, that was all great, but it's secondary. Hmm. It's secondary. The finish is secondary to what I get out there, and I think that's kind of why my last post came up. Yeah, is that I don't necessarily need to put myself under this type of pressure so your last blog post was about yeah maybe i'm maybe i'm done 
unsure if it's, I'm done. You know, it's it's unsure of where I'm at with my goals for the rest of the year and, and what I'm doing out there. I've put myself under so much pressure to finish this race. Since 2002, I've put myself under pressure. Even the years I wasn't running, it was always there. You know, what could have you done? What, what could you do? Mm-hmm. And I wasn't able to do it until I changed me. You know, at 4 o'clock, they start breaking down because they've been up for 36 hours or yeah. longer as he well. Got, he got on the megaphone and said, Massanutten Mountain 100 2016 is officially over. Yep. There is still one runner out on the road. You know, Dan had passed her. She was in really rough shape. Oh, and I'm sure they went out and made sure she yep. was safe, but she was cut off. She didn't make the... Yep. She was hurt. She was hurting. She was hurting yeah. bad. Um, but, you know, he's like, okay, if you're in the tent, we'd, we'd appreciate it if you picked up your own chair and put it away. And I'm, you know, I, I had just finished 23 minutes ago, and I'm sitting with a... With a with a right. sleeping bag around me and, and my ginger beer. And I'm like, Kevin, you, you need to take this tent down on top of me because <laughs> I'm not moving right now. And he's like, thanks for running, but don't let the door hit you. Yeah, he, he, he knew I wasn't going to be helping at that point. He was talking to other people around. He even walked by. He said, you look so happy right now sitting there with your beer. And, and I'm like, yeah, my ginger beer. And, and, your, and, your, and, and it was just like, I mean, he... He gets it. He mm-hmm. gets. Yeah, the, he yeah. gets he, that we're all. Fine. But he was also still like, you don't have to go home, but you can't yeah. stay yeah. here. You got it. Yeah. Got work to do, right? Yeah. So. And then it was amusing watching Dan get to the van. Ah, oh, jeez. It, it was sort of like watching you and Jeff at uh, Weldon's last year at Twisted Branch. Yeah. <laughs> Sliding down the stairs. The stair. The the descend yeah. on the butt and climb up on all fours. Yeah. I had left my bed so we had the van with no seats in the back and I had left my bed intact so that he'd be able to lay mm-hmm. down because we were going to drive to You're a hotel. You're so good. You know, I've, I've, this, you know, I'm not new at this anymore. <laughs> Experienced crew at this point. We learned a lot last year and, yeah. and we even had conversations with each other because Dan mm-hmm. wasn't used to having crew and so there were lessons oh. for both of us in that but... You know, I'd left my bed intact so that he could have somewhere to lay down because we were going to drive to Maryland, stay in a hotel. And, uh, oh. you know, he uh, he fell into the back of the van and I needed to pry his shoes off of him. That was that was exciting. That's... Then the socks. I'm not even sure why we drove them all the way home because they just ended up in the garbage. But last summer, the Bruce Trail, the Bruce Trail in Canada. With a goal of, we started it on our fifth anniversary. We want to end at Tobermory in the peninsula on our 10th anniversary. So we've done the Niagara region. So we've mm-hmm. done 50 miles. And then we got another, you know, handful of miles into the Iroquois region. So we're doing each section. Now, you recently went to Canada and you did a couple of pieces of that trail. Yeah. Is he going to come and go yeah, and do so those? Yeah, so we actually had a strategy. So you're strategy. like advanced scouting. We had a strategy it? for that. So okay. I was able to get out and cover. It turned out to be a total of only about 20K, I think. So um, what we'll do the next time we go up is I'll drop him off. I'll then go ahead and I'll run wow. back and he'll, so we'll meet and then cover the, Fancy. so I'll cover the so ground he doesn't have done. So yeah. he doesn't have to go up that stupid hill that I had to go down and up because I had to do out and backs. Right. Yeah. And, that's he'll, only, cool. and he'll only have to do the road section one way but, instead of two. But, so. See, you guys are but reading off the same page. The eight mile run back to our, 
bed and breakfast in the middle of winter to pick her up to run the eight miles back to the car where right. I parked when I did we a did some of it in January weather. for our meet anniversary. We yeah. went and did some of it well, in January. You guys are totally working off the same page, it seems. Yeah. We even have a race on our anniversary this year. Mm, damn good trail run, right? right? That's right. That's right. It's one of my favorite races. Yep, the Phantoms are like, we gotta remember that. Yeah, twisted so Twisted Branches totally good. Twisted Branches totally ruined my running of the damn good trail run for the last I'm two running years. it anyway. But right now the you know I I found what I needed to find with, with that type of race right now. Mm-hmm. Not to say that Twisted Branches is not you know finishing twisted branch is definitely something that i want to do i don't think i'm doing it this year um i you know i have a message out to to scott right now saying i i i want out but i want in next year but you got base mileage already built up no it's not gonna that's that, that's not <laughs> the point it's no I, part, it's part the, of energy. the point is yep. i've been doing a lot of these and I've really found what I needed, and Amy has been incredible in her support through all of this. Because even though I get out there to be solo, ultra running is not a solo venture. Mm-hmm. It's not a solo venture. Yeah. I mean, even the people we know that it make it look like it's you know a solo venture have people supporting them all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, um, whether they recognize it or not, whether you know whether it's just the Trails Rock community or whether it's a, a fiance or it's a wife or it's kids or whatnot, people are 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 giving of themselves to help you achieve what you need to achieve. And now it's really kind of I'm I'm not in a place of taking it serious right now. I'm that even that level of seriousness. I'm in a place of I just want to screw around in the woods, which is why I kind of dnf the ostr sweep i would have finished the ostr sweep last weekend but somebody else said that they would take over for me and i was like whatever cool i'm done i'm done um i'm having fun i got to see the jump off and talk to people and whatnot and that's kind of where i want to be right now while coaching amy as far as her training plan and giving her the support of being home and taking care of all the things that she took care of when i was out doing long runs and things like that and when she goes and does a couple of solo long runs or maybe with one or two other people, I'll be out there and support and some of the long trail stuff. Um, and, and then to be on the other end of the, the equation where I'm crew mm-hmm. and I'm taking care of her needs at every aid station. And while I'll have my own challenges as crew, those are not things that she will need to know about when she's out on the trail. The right. only thing that she will need to worry about is her, and I will need to be worrying about her, and I'll need to be on her page instead of her being on mine. And who knows? Maybe you'll maybe you'll find something else about yourself. There. Well, that's that's actually one of the things we talked about when when we were talking about you know MMT is it's an experience for anybody who's there, and for me to experience it last year, and then to to see him actually finish it this year and then to have the conversations we had you know post race and and whatnot to see the amazing support of people on facebook like i was just overwhelmed at the people posting things and and i was sharing with him when i could 
you know, and I, I made a, I made an effort to get to a Vista where I could get reception and post pictures because I knew people were. And you did were, an excellent were, job. Oh, thank you, thank you. you. Did a very thank good you. job at that. Um, I and and you know, and I, it felt good to do that, and I did a much better job of taking care of myself this time around, so that I wasn't complete toast by the time we were done. I was able to safely get us to the hotel and, you know, and then relax and finally take a shower after two days and, and whatnot, and. Um, but I lost, I lost training that weekend. I was only, I only ended up doing a hike up bird knob and back, which is no joke, but, (laughs) but I, with the, with the helping him and things that were going on. And then I had some medical stuff happen when I came home. And I, you know, when I saw you at OSTR last week, that was like my litmus of, I'm going to just head out here and on pretty much no training, see what I can do. And, and, you know, and I dropped at the, the half, but I was really impressed at, literally like no training, just throwing down a half marathon on a really hard course and going, okay. And and it turns out it was, it was the right choice to make because I've been able to run every day since. And we were able to sit down and say, what are we going to do about Twisted Branch? Cause we also have the kids that weekend. My parents have graciously agreed to get a campsite right next to ours. So we at least have another set of people over 18 <laughs> there, but it was going to be a logistical difficulty for us if we were both running the race. So, you know, we're kind of, that's where we're kind of at at the moment, so. Yeah, I mean, it's, we're a team. Yeah, a damn good team, actually. <laughs> see, yeah, well, good. see, damn good, see what yeah, I good did? Job. I'm good job, I see what damn you did good's there. Damn good, it's not a relay. But. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you pick it up what I'm putting down, Amy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so now, the, um, the, the, the new thing here. The, the Patreon lightning round? We have, yes, the lightning round. You are Give not- Chris money. No. Give Chris money. You are not Chris allowed. Chris needs a better microphone, Ouch. so we can understand okay. what Weldon's saying. You are you are not allowed to pontificate on these questions. Uh, you have to you have to answer. Okay. Green. The Patreon lightning Two. round. Okay. Um, couple couple sentences. Who's, wait wait wait. Who's the question for? Um. Well, let's go with let's go with Lopata. Lopata on this one. Which Lopata? Um, <laughs> you know what? Let's this be this is interesting. Let's have this one be Amy. Okay. Um, the a uh, few sentences. The Ithaca running scene. Ithaca running scene. Yeah, that's why he asked. See, it was going to be a Dan question. Now it's an Amy question. Oh, great. Uh, Ithaca's awesome. I mean, it, it was funny because, um, you know, I hadn't I hadn't been doing trails before. You know, I get down there and I'm like, oh my gosh, the fact that I could run on these things. And then I experienced Lickbrook. That, that was, yeah, that was fun. Um, I mean, we were ambassadors for FLRC for a while. And it's, you know, nice. That's just, I think they're friendly. They're amazing people and they have a great community down there, so... Dan, sound right? Oh, yeah, definitely. All right. All right. This one's for Dan. This is why I saved this one for Dan. A um, few sentences. Music. <laughs> That's all the question is. I can't, I can't put words into their mouth. Anything but pop country. Um, Kanye is good. Um, is he an artist? Kanye is an artist. Okay. Kanye, the person I would never want to meet, but Kanye is really an amazing producer and composer. Um, um, and he gets a bad rap. Um, music, 
is the closest thing to the divine. There you go. Woo. It's heavy. That, that was pretty heavy. All right. Sorry, I'm a musicologist. What do you want? No, this is why, I mean, that's the question was simply music. They so. probably meant, do you run with headphones? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. If I can just interpret, I have the song that if I can just interpret that, that, this is uh, the song you know. that never yes, ran. someone brought it up at lunch boom, today boom, and it has boom, not boom. left my head all day. Yeah. I taught my kids that. And I also taught him skin marinky dinky dink. Great. So, um, yeah, You're a that, horrible that was a good, that was a good <laughs> phase from ages two to three. <laughs> all right. Um, Amy, Amy, well, we only got, we only got one left. Um, and I think we could do both. Um, the awesomeness of Ithaca ginger beer is the last question. <laughs> that's that's a damn thing because I don't really. I I actually like it on tap at the at the tap room. It's yeah. amazing there, but yeah. I'm I'm not uh, really a sugary soda drinker. Not a so. sugary soda drinker, but it's his favorite. I don't drink beer. I one of the reasons I started running ultras. I'm not pontificating here. One of the reasons I started running ultras is I sobered up back in 1991. I was a mess in Ithaca when I went to school there. Um, Ithaca ginger beer um, settles the stomach. It tastes good. It's the best ginger beer that I've ever had, and I've had a lot of ginger beers. It allows me to be kind of part of the whole social have a beer after the run scene without having to have a beer after the run and um because he's told me if we ever see that run yeah fast if you ever see me drink a beer we're all done Mm -hmm. um and um scotty jacobs is the man (laughs) word true that word (laughs) um so shout out to tori too but yeah yeah. well you know behind every man right Um, so our, our Patreon people will get better at asking questions. Maybe they'll use more than just pithy oh, phrases. Oh, so these are questions from people who are patrons. Our Patreons, yes. Oh. They're, they're people Do who Do I have, get to know who asked them? Ah, uh, well, maybe we'll just... Maybe as they get better at asking questions. <laughs> um, the last one just said, uh, maybe a Dan and Ben episode later. How about... <laughs> A Ben Murphy, Dan LaPata presidential ticket. Comedy hour? It's the same thing, right? Presidential ticket, comedy hour? <laughs> LaPata Murphy, 2016. No, 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 no. Be Murphy LaPata. Mm. I don't know. You don't want my finger no. anywhere near the nuclear codes. I don't no. know, El Presidente. You're the one with all the experience. Of what? Anything. I don't know. <laughs> 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 So, lots of stuff in there. Lots of names, lots of races, lots of snark, and lots of teamwork. I usually don't mention it, but this time I feel like I have to. Sometimes these episodes are uh, difficult to pick a title for, and uh, I have to make the best choice I can, you know, for better or worse. Um, So, for instance, this could have been titled, It Was Both Jawbone and Big Run. Or... Maybe it should have been titled, Kanye is an artist. But, oh well, eh, probably a few missed opportunities there, I guess. But anyways, uh, during our talk, you heard us joking about the show notes a lot. But um, for real, go out and check them out. They're at www.runandinsideoutpodcast.com 
slash podcast slash zero three two because there's links to all of Dan's uh, race reports as well as some links to some of the information like Kevin Sayers website full of ultra runner information, uh, some information on the MMT course and also information on both twisted branch and Patreon. You heard that Patreon lightning round, huh? That was pretty sweet. So if you don't know twisted branch by now, Go check out the show notes and then head over to the link for the race uh, at twistedbranchtrail.com. Tis the season of Twisted Branch. Uh, we will be releasing a preview episode for this year's race, but if you want to hear about last year's race, you can check out episode 1, 9, or 12 of the podcast and probably all the other ones because I never stopped talking about this race. Um we're only mildly obsessed with the race here at Running Inside Out Headquarters. Okay, so then this Patreon thing. What is Patreon and why did all those people get to ask questions? Well, Patreon is one of the ways that you can financially contribute to the podcast. You know, as Dan said, uh, I need to buy a new microphone. Um, I guess he didn't like the quality of my microphones being a musician and all that, so... I didn't take it personally. I'm going to just uh, kind of enjoy it for uh, Dan trying to help me out. Um, anyways, Patreon supporters have their own Slack channel and get some access to early ideas and thoughts I have about the podcast, kind of bounce things off of them here and there. Um, and uh, now that includes uh, learning about the upcoming guests before I actually interview the guests and uh, getting a chance to submit questions for the Patreon lightning round. You know, those questions that you heard. Um, I bet you can ask some pretty good questions. So I think you should probably be a Patreon supporter. So go check out the website again at uh, com, and check out the right sidebar for the Patreon logo. Become a Patreon supporter. All sorts of cool stuff. Uh, additionally, check out the Strava group and the Facebook page and the Twitter feed. We have all of the medias. Okay, time to wrap this up. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thanks for spreading the word. Thanks for participating in all the shenanigans. And as always, thank you for getting out there and creating new stories to share. With that, be thankful for what you've been given. Be proud of what you've achieved and let go of what you've lost. See you out there.